Question for you two, mm-hmm. and this is meant to kind of be kept lighthearted, but some of these really cracked me up. Uh-huh. So there's this thing, I don't know where it started. I've seen it on Instagram, but it's basically my toxic trait. Have you guys seen these? No. Okay. So there's a there's this, I don't even know where it started, but there's these memes mm-hmm. on Instagram, and they're just, you know, spelled out, written out, or whatever. It's not a graphic or anything like that. It's it's just just written form graphics. Sure. But it basically says, you know, my toxic trait is. Yes. And some of them are hilarious. Like yes. here, this one, this one's not funny, but this one girl wrote, she goes, my toxic trait is thinking I need to get an iced coffee every time I leave my house. <laughs> right. 100% me. And then here was another one that I screenshotted the other day that this is so Carmen. My toxic trait is telling people I'm down for anything when in reality, I mean, not after 8 p.m., <laughs> Food should be involved. There, I would say coffee. Coffee needs to be involved and also depends on the weather. Is that me? Yes, yes. Um, And the parking situation and how tired I am. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was hilarious. It just got me to thinking, what is my neurotic? Because that's my neurotic toxic trait. Because that would definitely be, I'm down for anything. But what I really mean is it has to be in the afternoon. Yep. must involve coffee if it's not raining. Mm-hmm. And is there somewhere I can park? It has to be the right day of the week, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You. Exactly. So there's just been some funny funny ones. Mm-hmm. I don't have any more um, right here. But I just thought Gosh. that would be hilarious if listeners, yes. you know. Well, the reason I don't texted. participate in these things is because yeah. there's not enough room uh, for the, the list that I have in my head right now. Yeah, yeah. And Dave doesn't because he's practically perfect in every way. So this is this. <laughs> but I'm sure... I'm sure we could. We could. We did this a, a couple of something similar a couple of weeks ago. We we put out put out there. You know what is what is an uh, an unpopular opinion. Yes. So it's kind of in that same vein. Right. Right. You know what is our toxic traits, and I mean, or we could just rename it and say, "What is your neurosis?" Because mm-hmm. that would it would definitely. Mm-hmm. But my toxic trait is. Oh, I know what one of mine would be. Okay. My toxic trait is I'm deathly afraid of flying. But if it's more than three hours driving, yep, I want to fly. <laughs> right, <laughs> that would be crazy. That would I don't be crazy. know if I have any neuro- neuroses, but yeah. hmm. I could probably come up with a toxic trait. Can or we? Two. Can yeah. we maybe take a song? Oh or yeah, two take and- a few songs. And if you have what your toxic trait is, the word toxic, you know, don't, I don't want folks to get hung up. This is right, meant, right, right. This is meant in jest. Totally. Um, but you can text us at eight hundred four five six eight nine ten. Having a little fun this morning with the trend that we're seeing on Instagram. Well, I saw Dave and Bill are hearing about it for the first time, but I'm I'm catching y'all up. But basically, right. people are posting my toxic trait is, and it's just something meant to be fun. Like for me, one of the things that I said earlier about myself is, you know, I'm deathly afraid of flying. But if if it's if I'm in the car more than three hours, I want to fly. Mm-hmm. Bill, I could name I could name one for you, <laughs> I and I could say, name one for Dave. Dave, okay. why did she ask oh. us? Because she she will have an answer for us. I will, and then you guys can come up with your own. But, okay. Dave, you can help me on this one with Bill. <laughs> one of Bill's toxic trait is I mm. buy every single book that I can find and finish none of them. Oh, that's definitely <laughs> That true, is yes. definitely a toxic trait. Slightly overstated, but not oh, much. Oh, <laughs> not by much. And then Dave would be 
one of your toxic traits is I uh, love coffee, but only community dark roast. Yes, yes. Oh, that's not toxic. That's just good taste. <laughs> <laughs> Total coffee lover, as long yeah. as it is right. community, community dark coffee. Roast, if I yeah. not, toxic trade, it's I'd rather not leave my house. That's true. That is for sure you. Where you drink your community dark, dark roast. roast. It can't be community coffee with that's chicory. Right. Or it can't be well, community it can coffee be, special it, blend. Yeah. No, it's got to be the community. Be dark roast. <laughs> dark roast. And it's best if it comes to me and I don't have to go get it. Right, right, right. Oh, right. And, who's, oh and who is your, your favorite partner? Oh, for getting it here. Absolutely. You order okay. it. That's, oh, that's nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, we are getting some text, text yeah. response, which we'll get back to for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I did think in those yeah. couple of songs uh-huh. is one of my toxic traits is having social media profiles that I absolutely pay zero attention to. Don't read. Yeah. It's just there, but I will there. not delete them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. On Facebook, on Instagram, I'll go to the Morning Cruise Instagram page. I'll go to yours and see what's on yours. I'll mm-hmm. go to yours, Dave, if you post anything. Usually on Facebook around the holidays, you'll you'll take a, uh, a you'll Photoshop. Yeah. I you'll, got yeah. more social media accounts than I need, and mm-hmm. I don't use any of them. Well, well you do you do post, like uh, for 4th of July, you'll and beginning of football right. season, you always put yourself running out, running out, out of the field. Your LSU. LSU. Yeah. Today is October seventeenth, and as you pointed out last time, I posted anything was, was probably, probably the beginning. Of July. <laughs> yeah, which I was going to say the beginning of football season. Well, probably, right. probably longer. That for was me. just changing a profile. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you uh, if you have some fun toxic traits, you can text us at 800-456-8910. Wow, our listeners have outdone us. Y'all got a lot of toxic traits, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm eager to hear some of these. Just a couple real quick. My okay. toxic trait is hating the sound of barking dogs, but loving dogs and adopting them. Three of them. They've oh got three goodness. dogs. My toxic trait, I can relate to this one, uh-huh. setting five alarms 15 minutes apart to wake up. <laughs> I have to. I, you can add my name to that list, too. For real, I do oh, one more. You and then get we get over an hour's sleep if you just did the one alarm. I don't know. I just can't get straight up. Well, I, but five, have to... five alarms 15 I, minutes apart, that's, do, that's like an hour three, and a half. I do. 10 I, minutes I, apart. I have two. Two? I have two 10 minutes apart. That's uh, still, that's an hour and a half right there. I'm <laughs> just here, saying. Here's Dominic's. I love this. Never being able to stop just for gas. Mm. I have to go in the convenience store and buy something. Mm-hmm. Dominic. Yep. Dominic, that's, that's, there's a, that's a budget buster. Yeah, I know. I was going to say there's a lot of people I'm sure that can relate to that as well. Okay, you guys are sending us your toxic traits. Thanks. You can text us. 800-456-8910. Carmen brought up toxic traits this morning, and man, we got a list here from our listeners. Yeah. I just got to read some of these to you. Okay, read them. I just I feel like if there's new people tuning in, I just want everybody to have context and, and know where it's coming from. I'm just not talking about Toxic, only because toxic is just not a, a good word. word. It's a toxic word, yeah. yeah. It's a trend, and it's it's meant in, in jest. But, for example, I said earlier, my toxic trait, oh, goodness, I, I had it written down. Basically, uh, saying that I'm down for anything, but it has to be before 8 o'clock. Coffee has to be involved, right. and the weather has to be good, <laughs> and I have to not be tired. That's and my toxic trait. there can't be a football game on. Yes, exactly, right. yeah. So it's somewhere between uh, uh, quirky and neurotic, yeah, I guess. So uh, my toxic trait, this listener says, is scrolling social media saying just five more minutes, just five uh, more minutes, yes. and then it's two hours. Yep, yep. Uh, my toxic Guilty. trait is setting all the clocks five minutes ahead so I don't run late. <laughs> I've done that before, too. Even though I know all yeah. the clocks are set five minutes ahead. Uh, here we go. My this toxic- is how you know we're each other's people. These are our people. Right. 
Uh, my husband's or my fiance's toxic trait is he always tries new things at restaurants and doesn't ever like like them. them. Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, interrupting and finishing your sentences because I think I'm showing interest in all and listening. I mm-hmm. messed up reading that, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Are you trying to interrupt? I'm trying me? to finish yeah, sentences. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, my toxic trait <laughs> is when I plan to leave to go somewhere, I habitually forget driving times as if I could teleport everywhere. Oh, at. Haley, Amanda, and at Abigail Elizabeth. Go ahead. Uh, Brittany <laughs> said, my toxic trait is, I'll say, I'll help with whatever, but then I get mad because I'm having help so much. <laughs> um, here's one from Laurel. Buying all the cups, mm. but actually only ever using two of them. Oh, my goodness. Laurel, we should open our coffee yeah. mug cabinet yep. at home. Um, my This is one I can relate to. Uh-huh. My toxic trait is I will never get the first item off the shelf. I always have to search Reach for one behind. in the back. Yes! Oh my goodness! Oh yes! Yes, these are these are. It real. is. You just feel like that first one's crumpled or it has a dent in it or I don't know. I always have to reach for the back too. All right, one more here. My toxic trait: convincing myself my husband's running a little late from work because he's bringing me flowers, a coffee, <laughs> or who knows, maybe even a new car. That's hilarious. I think maybe Kimberly could yeah. share that one as well. Have y'all seen, speaking of the pressure on that husband. Yeah. Have y'all seen that Instagram? It's, I've seen several women do it where they've got fresh flowers at the house. Husband's coming in the back door home from work. She, they open the door, they shove the flowers in their husband's hands, you know, like here, slam the door back, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then. Oh. husband comes back through, and then she's like, just oh, get it. Yes, stars in her eyes. She's like, oh, thank you. And it's basically like trying to train my husband type thing. It's it's hilarious. Well, that training might yeah, help. It might Who help. <laughs> We've been talking about the uh, social media trend. My mm-hmm. toxic trait yeah. is blah, blah, blah. There was one that you read a few minutes ago that reminded me of something. It was the husband that goes to a restaurant. Orders something new every time and doesn't like it. Yeah, yes, yes. Here's what it reminded me. First of all, I'm bad about just if I go to a restaurant I've been to before, I just, I develop favorites. Mm-hmm, and the rest of the menu, it just may not mm-hmm. exist. Yeah. You know, because I'm not going to order any. I get, I get what I like. Yeah. And then, and then when they take it off the menu, you're like, what? What just yeah. happened? Yeah. Chick-fil-A so, coleslaw. So that's, <laughs> Sorry. that's, that's kind of my thing. But my mother-in-law's thing was... On the holidays, you know, everybody's got dishes that they love, that you look forward to certain things on the it's holidays, It's the one right? time of year that it's made, and it just kind of makes the holiday. Right. Mm. You know that it's going to be on the table, mm-hmm. except at my mother-in-law's house, <laughs> where Emily would go just hoping mm-hmm. for the things that she grew up with, and instead, it was during the holidays that she would invite us all over to her house, and that was when she wanted to experiment with new recipes. <laughs> So it was kind of like the guy that goes into the restaurant, only she just put, you know, instead of him going and ordering new things, it was everybody coming Uh and her serving new things. Yeah. Mm. It was like, this is not what the holidays is about. Yeah. Yeah, I just had, you made me think about Aunt Judy's pound cake there, Dave. Every time we'd go, I would go to Aunt Judy's. She'd have her pound cake there. It's a lemon pound cake. Mm. And I've tried to to make it at home. You just can't make it to taste like Aunt Judy. She hadn't been here Mm. in years, but if, if she were, her chicken perlo and her... Her yeah. uh, her lemon and pound cake. She didn't cake. teach it. She didn't pass along the the lemon pound cake. We, to we do have a recipe. Yeah, 
Yeah, but it's got to have Aunt Judy's touch. touch. Emily's been trying mm-hmm. to do her grandmother's cornbread for <gasps> years, and there were certain tricks that her yeah. grandmother had. Yeah. And she's come close, Yeah, but she still has not quite been able to do it. We won't talk about this here, but I do want to talk about it at some point. But I, I want to talk about cornbread dressing. I really do. There's got to be something. There has to be someone... Well, we're going to talk You've about it. You've been on a quest <laughs> I, I have. for a while. Yes, and I'll, well, not only for a year. It was just oh. last year, but okay. it may seem like a while. But um, <laughs> anyway, we can talk about that at some other point. So I guess it was last week we were talking about Olympic sports. We mentioned cricket mm-hmm. and the fact that cricket is very popular with uh, the, the British, with uh, India. In India. Very, very popular in, in India. Mm-hmm. I've got a, a, a ball in my office that Bill brought back from India. Right. I guess you call it a cricket ball. It's a baseball, but for cricket. I, I, there might be a technical name for it, but I can't recall what It's made that, of wood. It it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It would hurt like the Dickens if it hit you. Uh, but nobody really outside of those areas, I think, really understands the sport. There are so many rules for cricket. I mean, it's like trying to live up to the Old Testament. It's just... <laughs> So many rules, so many things about it that most people just, you start telling them how to play and they just go, you know what? Baseball is good. Mm-hmm. I'll just do baseball. Mm-hmm. However. There's a reason baseball caught on in America. The reason that people, or the people that really love cricket, really love cricket. And if I really was one of those people, I could tell you the outcome of the game that I'm about to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I'm not one of those people, and I don't know how the game turned out. Okay. But the game is not the point. <laughs> the point is this. Hospitals in Ahmedabad, India, mm-hmm. were filling up recently because of a major outbreak hmm. of cricket fever. People okay. from uh, Indian, uh, India and Pakistan were going to be playing each other in the group stage of the World Cup for cricket. And what was happening is hotel costs were going up 20 times the going rate. And so what people were doing, because people are inventive and frugal, is they were scheduling checkups at local hospitals that required an overnight stay. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) They said it was cheaper to check into the hospital, uh-huh. get your checkup, and then go to the game. Hmm. I didn't know you could check into the hospital to get your checkup. In India, apparently uh, you evidently, can. Evidently, yeah. So tickets were being sold for up to 25 times their face value. The tickets, they couldn't do anything about. But accommodations, we'll I the feel the need <laughs> for a checkup. Sir, you have cricket fever. <laughs> Pretty much it. So you Nothing get a wrong lot of with people. you at all. You just don't want to lighten your your wallet that much. Every get they all get a well check, a wellness check, mm-hmm. an overnight stay, <laughs> and then on to the game the next day. Wow, that that is inventive. I gotta say. Yeah. So I mean, next time you're ready to book a vacation, you can do Verbo, you can do a traditional hotel, you can do a bed and breakfast, right. or you know, a, a Airbnb. Or just see if you can check into a local hospital for a wellness check. <laughs> just stay overnight. Of course, have here to be in America. Yeah, you have to be vacationing over there. You better have good insurance mm. or the hospital is not going to be They're a cheaper option you. for you. Nope.
This video from 2007 has been making the rounds again. Uh, Kenny is 11 years old. He's at the Scripps mm. National Spelling Bee, and mm. he gets this word. It's our doodledum. That sounds about right. Sardoodledum. Sardoodledum. <laughs> All right, I'll give it a shot. Sardoodledum. S A R D O O D L E D O M. Nailed it! The kid nailed it. He did great. He did not uh, win that particular year, 2007. I think Upworthy reposted this video, and it's kind of been making the rounds again. Mm -hmm. He's just infectious to see this kid laugh. He gets this word. It just strikes him as funny. Sardoodledum. Well, it would strike most of us as funny. It did, and he cracked up and actually spelled the word correctly. He, I think, was eliminated in one of the lower rounds that year, but he came back in a couple of years, and he tied for fifth place. So he's a very accomplished speller. His name is Kenny, and his last name is A-O-U-A-D. I can spell it because I can read it, but I can't pronounce it. So uh, that just was a fun moment, and I think he's just given me the big word of the day uh, today. Candace was talking about this yesterday, and I think I will take this as the big okay. word of the day. So we'll get to it by the end of the show. Will you give us its... Uh I will do Regional my best. Origin and all that good stuff. I will stuff. do my best, and okay. I'll try not to crack up while I'm giving you the big word know, of the day. Had I been Kenny, I probably would have asked for a real word. Yeah. Well, that was a real word, and he spelled it right. Let's talk about texting for just a couple of minutes. What texting is, what texting is not. Texting is a way to convey information. <clears throat> I personally don't believe texting is a way to have... Uh, emotional conversations or things of the things of the heart. And I only, I only bring this up, you know, sometimes you just have to be reminded of things. And I have a couple of folks uh, in my life that are, have gotten into, I mean, probably best way to describe it is just text fights, just fighting over text. And I've had a couple of conversations <clears throat> with some of these, some of these folks and Excuse me one sec. I think I learned the <laughs> limits of texting when yeah. I sent her digital flowers. Yeah, once. you sent me trying digital to, flowers. Trying to make up for a, oh, a that was real that gap. was one of our that was one of our big fights <laughs> years ago. Did we just yes. talk about that? Yeah, we did. We did. Where we, it was during Sheraton. We won't go there now. But, but. now I'm talking about you know friends and family. <laughs> right. Where you know text is on my way or you know at the coffee shop what would you like i mean and you can or you can say thinking of you uh, this morning praying for that test you're about to take i mean text is a wonderful thing i mean even last night i sent a text to karen our coworker just to let her know how much you know something meant to me so text is great i don't think text is a good thing when it's emotionally charged hard feelings if it's if it's if it's wonderful feelings text all day long text your spouse tell them that you love them tell them that they look nice tell them you can't wait to see them later you know all that kind of good stuff but when it's hard stuff electronic communication is not the best the best form of communication and I, I truly just say that as a, as a big sister because I have a couple of folks who are having standoffs if you know what I mean they're just drawing a line in the sand it's the passive aggressive texting uh. and it just 
don't do it. So a, a couple of things to remember. And I just think, I don't know. I just think it's, it, it, if you want to be Christ-like, if you want to, um, I don't know, be the bigger person in the relationship, you know, sometimes we have to lay our feelings down. Sometimes we have to surrender our pride. Sometimes we have to be the one to go first. Someone, sometimes someone just has to be the adult in the room. And I know I'm being pretty, you know, I don't know. That's true. Plain though. spoken about it. But number one, I would just say, stop texting. Just stop texting. Pick up the phone and call. Um, certainly, if you're going to text back, don't text back passive aggressive texts. You know, if you if you don't want to pick up the phone or if you're at work and you can't have that conversation and just say, hey, I think it's fine to text and say, hey, you know, I feel like this is tender between us right now. Can we can we talk later? Mm-hmm. Um, and then. You know, and also too, when someone texts you, don't assume tone. Like we can do that sometimes oh, yes. where we go oh, read yes. a text, right? And we think we read in our in our minds the worst possible tone that it could be, right? Can't do that. If you text the words, so that's it then. <laughs> what does that What does that mean? Does that mean so? So that's it then? Or, or do I need to know more? Or so that's it then? Yeah, you just fine, don't know. Fine. You're fine. I'm, yeah. We're done with this conversation. Okay. You know, it can have to. Totally different tones. It totally can. Now, I don't think that's a good line, though, by the way. Oh, that's I'm not just, a good one. That's pretty aggressive. <laughs> that's very aggressive. That's that's rarely a sentence that's meant kindly. <laughs> I sent it last week. Anyway, go you ahead. You did not. No, I did, oh, not. I did not. No, 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 no. Oh, my goodness. No, I just, I, I feel like it's just something that we need to, to reconsider. I think texting is an awesome, uh, it's great technology that we have. It eliminates, it helps with time and, and that kind of thing, but Man, I just think it's so damaging to, and it's so, it can be soul crushing, honestly. I don't think I'm overstating that. When you end up getting into these huge text conversations, these text fights with your Mm -hmm. spouse or with your best friends or coworkers, or just don't do it. Pick up the phone and say, Mm -hmm. hey, this is hard. Let's sit and talk. You mean more to me than us fighting. You're not going to win a fight over text. You're, it's, it's, you're just, it, you, it's lay the weapon down. It just really becomes a weapon at that point. I think the other thing, too, is you can say things, and even though words, once they're out, mm-hmm. are out, you can walk things back when yeah. you're talking to somebody. Yes, or clarify. I didn't mean that. Yeah. Let me clarify that. Yeah. Uh, I was mad when I said it. You could, mm-hmm. And then you can, you can try, mm-hmm. and you can apologize. But the problem with text is that's still there. Yeah, yeah. The person that you said that to can go back and read, read those it. texts yeah. yes. over and over and over again. And every time it rips off the band-aid. It does. And I think this the generation that we're in now, texting is so prevalent. It has truly become another form of communication. But it can also be very, very damaging. And when you start flying off texts that you wouldn't say to your wife's face— or that you wouldn't say to your best friend's face or what have you, you do. You do damage that will take a long, long, long yeah. time to undo. The, a wise person, I'm sure it's in Proverbs somewhere. Let's just go look for it. <laughs> a wise person will not text me. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing, but yeah. I think there's wisdom in that. Well, there's really. a limitation to the, the medium. Yes. And yes. face-to-face is a much more effective medium mm-hmm. for having crucial conversations yeah. than lines on the screen. We don't okay. even need text in here. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, there's plenty of <laughs> we can have a <laughs> misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, I will say this. Yeah, we did. We did touch a nerve on this conversation. Yeah. Oh, it because it happens. It happens. It happens. It happens. And I think if there's enough of us that can be the 
the cooler head, you yes. know, and 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 walk away from firing off texts. I think it's the better. We've we've heard from somebody who said, "Yeah, I'm on, I've been on the receiving end yeah. of texts that are just hurtful." Mm-hmm. Um, and then this person said, "I really like this conversation about texting. Can you give a few more?" examples, transitions into starting a hard conversation. See, I wouldn't start a hard conversation right. on text. Well, I think this is what they they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, we did this a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. where you have to have a hard conversation. You yeah. have to respond okay. to something that's come through on text. And we simply, I simply sent a text that said, hey guys, mm-hmm. love you. Can we get together? Yes. Perfect. Yes. And can we can we talk? And it went super super well. One hundred percent. That's exactly what you do. That's that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. And not trying to have that whole conversation mm-hmm. in back and forth. Yeah. On text. If you've received a hurtful text, that is you don't you don't respond with answering it or, or is trying to address what's in the text. You definitely say, you know, hey, when do you have a, when do you have some time? Can yeah. we can we talk tomorrow or can I call you in a few? You ask the question, when can we have a voice-to-voice or face-to-face conversation? And, you know. There's an old saying that Marshall McLuhan (laughs) used to say years ago, the medium is the message. Yeah. And there's really a lot of truth to that. Yeah. There's only so much you can get in text. Yeah. Now emojis can be helpful. Yes. Oh, with the younger generation. Oh, listen, (laughs) we've had that. This is a whole other conversation. If I say, call me. And I don't put a smiley face. Oh Lord, <laughs> you are in trouble. Sometimes, if I'm texting Kimberly and yeah. we're just we're doing quick back and sure, forth, sure, you know, do this, do that. Just putting the emoji there lets her know you're not being demanding. I, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's that can be helpful, but again, there's just limitations there is. in the medium, and the best medium for the, answering your question, yeah, that you texted us here, uh-huh. dear listener is just invite the conversation invite, using yeah, text. For sure. Mercy <clears throat> peanuts. Mercy peanuts. Mercy on, me. On, on the Joy FM. Uh, here on the Joy FM. Yeah, nice, nice. So uh, good morning. If this I'll is your first time listening to the morning cruise, we'd like to say this is not normal, but you just never know. Usually um, it's me eating sourdough toast right before the mics come on with David's peanuts. Right. I usually know. Yeah. I'm usually watching better. Mm-hmm. I should never have shoved those in my mouth. <laughs> well, we're also getting a lot of we're getting a lot of text into the studio this morning. We're getting a lot because you've touched a nerve, I think, here, Carmen, just by bringing up emotionally charged text conversations mm-hmm. and how damaging that can be and how you can maybe use a text to set up a face-to-face, but it's not the best practice usually to try to have that whole conversation via text yeah and point case in point here Mm -hmm. someone texted and i'm not going to give you a name or any personal details here but they but this is real yeah and they said i'm 44 my best friend won't talk on the phone to me Mm. um she's kind of passive aggressive on text said she doesn't have time to talk on the phone Mm. i guess this person just feels sort of cut off yeah and then that's hard Someone else texted and said, I was in counseling, mm-hmm. and the counselor said, you've got to have a waiting period before responding to an emotionally charged text. This was years ago, and it was email, and it's like 48 hours. Well, if you waited that long now, yeah. in the text world, the person would just think you completely ghosted them. Yeah, but that would communicate something it does. in it does. and of itself. But waiting and just putting a filter, here's what I will do sometimes if I need to respond mm-hmm. 
Like I'd had to with one of my kids recently yeah. with a text that could be taken wrong or it's emotionally charged and I can see it mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get somewhere with one text. Mm-hmm. I will put it on my notes, text it, read it a couple times, go back, make a few changes and say, is this really what I want to say? Mm-hmm. It, or How are they going to read this? And then I'll send it. Mm-hmm. And it's generally been very positive communications that yeah. way. Yeah. And I mean, and everyone's different. There's no hard and fast rule at all. I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't with one of my kids, but again, that's not saying what you did wasn't right with, with my kids though. I just. Well, that's because you can pick up a phone just about any given time. You can FaceTime them anytime during the day in the Martin world. It does not work that way. We're much more structured. It's like, I need to respond, Mm -hmm. but we're going to need to talk about this. So we'll set up a time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. And I know, again, texts are coming out of the woodwork. But, you know, I think also, too, whenever you're whenever there's those tender moments or those miscommunications or there's just hurt feelings, you know, the words I'm sorry um, are very powerful. And I think a lot of times we draw a line in the sand and it's like they did the wrong. You know, I we just want to sometimes you have to decide, do you want to win the fight? Or do you want to win back the, the relationship? Do you right. want to win the person? Do you want reconciliation? And I'm not saying that people, you know, of course there are times if if a friend lied to you, then no, you don't have to go say, I'm sorry. Right. But but I do think that there are words that you can say and texts that you can say that will, you know, I'm sorry that this happened. I love you and I, I want us to work this out. I mean, there's things like that where you can yeah. You can come in low, come in with humility, even if you're the injured party. I just think you have to decide what's the most important, right. to be right or reconciliation. And the other thing is you can't always control the other person's response. Mm-mm. You right. can do that. It's you can open-handedness. want reconciliation, but if the other person does not, mm-hmm. no amount of texts or conversations right. are going to fix right. that. The best you can do yeah. at that point is to, to, Hand it to be the Lord. open-handed. Yeah. Say, I love you. When you're ready to talk, I'm here. And then just put it in God's hands. Yeah. That's about the best you can do yeah. in a situation like that. Or any situation. The best you can always do <laughs> is put it in God's hands. But isn't well, it funny that for us, it's always the last option? I know. Yeah, it's true. It is. We well, do. you know, in a situation like that, the best you can do is put it in God's hands. I sure can't do anything about it, so might as well pray. <laughs> yep. Found an article um, uh, that I'm going to have Hitch post at themorningcruise.com on how to talk to your kids about the conflict in Israel because they're seeing it, they're picking it up even very young and probably have a lot of questions. It's impossible to avoid talking about things that can trigger some of their fears and questions about Israel. And the article is written by a a history teacher. So she's a school teacher who's written a couple of books, um, really, really good talking about how to talk to your kids. And I can't summarize the whole article here, but I can't, I'm going to read you a prayer that she puts at the end of the article. And she talks about praying before you share, about remembering that all people are made in God's image, um, nobody's disposable, encouraging your kids to pray, and helping them to approach difficult situations. And here's the prayer that she puts at the end of the article. Dear Father, our hearts break as your chosen people in Israel face a senseless attack, especially the innocent children. Lord, help us as we navigate how to share with children in our own lives what is happening. Give us wisdom on how much to share with them in what specific way. Please help us to remember, even if we don't have an answer to their questions, you do. 
and through prayer, the study of your word in the Bible, we can find answers together. Please help the children in our lives grow in their hearts, compassion, love, and sympathy as they grow into the people you made them to be. And Lord, we also want to remember that you're ultimately in control, and in the end, you will defeat all that Satan is attempting to do once and for all. Help us to teach our children this vital truth. Help our hearts as we grieve and await your return. So I thought that's a good prayer for parents as you're interacting with your kids, keeping those big biblical themes in place, not trying to necessarily get into the weeds of explaining all the history and the fact that there there are victims on both sides of this that were caused by one extreme act of terror from a group that is embodied evil and is determined to prosecute it upon innocent people, both their own people and their enemy. And that we can talk about as adults. We can we can hash those things out. I think we need moral clarity, but we can debate some things. But the fact of the matter is, when you're talking to your kids, none of that stuff is appropriate. You just want to help them to understand that God hates evil, that he is holy, that he is good, that he loves people, and that people are made in his image. Palestinians are made in his image. Jews are made in his image. Christians are made in his image. And the thing that we want to see happen here is that we want to see Jesus ultimately bring his kingdom and bring his peace and bring his love into the hearts of people who don't know him. And that's a good way to pray with your kids. But I thought this prayer for parents was pretty helpful. So we'll actually have Hitch post that at themorningcruise.com. I've got four stories. I was thinking about this. I could tell you what they're about. But then I can guarantee that Carmen would not pick one of them. <laughs> and and I don't want to give her that choice. Usually when you give us a choice, it's between two, not four. Right, I know, I know. So you've you got four things. things that you're saying I will not be interested well, in. Well, you might be interested in, well, not interested in, but you might pick one of three of them, uh-huh. but you wouldn't pick the fourth one. So I don't want to tell you what they're about. So it's more like a spin the wheel type situation, <laughs> but we don't have a wheel. So I've I've lettered them A through D. And I just, I'm going to have you pick <laughs> A, B, C, or D. It's multiple B choice. for Carmen. C for Carmen. All right, hold on. Let me get to C. Okay. C is an interesting funeral. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, I'll start this off by Can saying. I pick B for Bill? I'm just uh, you could, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I've still got the other three. We'll okay. get to them at uh-huh. some point. Um, I saw on Facebook this weekend, a friend of mine runs a funeral parlor, home, whatever you call them nowadays. Does uh, his family live above it? No, they. I, <laughs> I don't think so. I'll only say that because we so. talked to a woman one time who grew up, her family lived above the funeral. Oh, yeah. Well, it's home. not uncommon in mm-hmm. many places in the U.S., especially if it's an older funeral home, mm-hmm. for the, the family to have lived above, above it. Better the, to live above it than below it, I think. Well, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, uh, he runs a funeral home, and there was a very interesting customized casket that he posted on Facebook. Apparently this person was a big Ford person. And so like the lid of the coffin looked like um, where you would open up the hood or an old Ford. Yes. And then it had the Ford uh, logo logo plate Mm -hmm. on the front of the casket. Hmm. And he just, there was just to go into the ground, never to be seen again. That's not the point. Okay. And then so, (laughs) There was a Ford logo in the bouquet, the spray that was okay. on the coffin itself. Hmm. 
it was just something. It yeah. was a customization that they mm-hmm. wanted, so okay. that's what they got. Okay. And he just posted it because it's unusual. Sure. Right? Yep. So speaking of unusual funeral type things, okay. I saw this. This happened at an Oklahoma City funeral, and it's probably the first time I've ever seen it happen, but Diane Sweeney, who died last July at the age of 68, mm. informed her relatives before her death she wanted to raffle off her 2016 Volkswagen Beetle to one of the attendees of her funeral. Oh, my <laughs> word. <laughs> I think that's kind of fun. Well, apparently they did, too. They said it just it was part of her sense of humor. It was yeah. a reflection of herself. <clears throat> so they did. They, they decided to go ahead and just raffle it off. A mm-hmm. hundred people showed up to the funeral, signed the guest book, and then they had to wait. They've been waiting since July to find out who was going to win the raffle because her family had to sort out the estate. There was probate court and things like that. And then they reviewed the names of the people who had signed the guest book and recently informed Gabriella Bonham, who had just gotten her learner's permit oh, when she learned of the raffle. Look at that. And who traveled two hours with several family members in tow to attend the funeral that she was now the proud owner of the 2016 Volkswagen Beetle. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the funeral of our dear friend. We're gathered here today. Has everyone got their (laughs) raffle ticket? (laughs) And the winner is, you've just won a new car! At the very least, well, it was a 2016, so it wasn't a new car. And they didn't didn't hold the the raffle at the funeral, funeral, which may or may not have been tacky, but... Apparently, they also, in some way, had to have announced that this was going on for her to have traveled yeah. two hours with family members in tow to get to the funeral mm-hmm. to enter the raffle. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you think about it, if you've got your stuff that, you know, you want to leave to friends and, I mean, you can do whatever you want with it. So, I can see, I bet the woman who passed away, I bet she had a big personality. I bet mm-hmm. she did. It seems like she was very, very generous. And so... I, it probably was right on brand for her. Yeah, and there's something know? sweet about thinking of yeah. others as, yeah. as well, even yes. when you're looking at your yeah. own. Yep. Hi, yeah. how are you? Welcome to the funeral. <laughs> Here's your raffle ticket. Please sign the guest book. <laughs> All right, Dave, you gave us uh, answer choice C of your four stories there yes. about the dear lady who raffled off a... Her 2016 Volkswagen Beagle, Beetle at yeah. her funeral. Uh, just out of curiosity... What was what was choice B? <laughs> uh, choice B was actually uh, something that uh, deals with. Well, it, it it's not sourdough, but it's bread related. Oh, but we're not going to do that one either. Why? Oh, because that's not the one that I knew you would not pick. <laughs> Which is the one she won't pick? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Bill. It's actually choice A. <gasps> ah, you staged that. Yeah, he did. So uh, here's the deal. <clears throat> it's space related. No, it is not space okay, related. Okay, let me get Star Wars related. Not even close. Star Trek related. New indeed. Uh, the fact that she think. knows the difference is a real triumph for you and uh, me. She knows that there are two. She didn't say she knew the difference. True. I'm trying to think. You're going to talk about snakes. Uh, you're, cl- you're getting closer. Something's going to make me have the willies. Here's what I'm talking about. Um, there was a Copa Airlines flight. <sighs> That left from Panama City, not Panama City, Florida, but Panama City, Panama, mm-hmm. from the Takuman International Airport on Friday. Mm-hmm. And they took off headed for Tampa. Dave. And, and they got word that there was a suspicious object 
in one of the plane's bathrooms. So they turned around. They landed back in Panama. They went to a solitary tarmac. They evacuated 144 passengers. And then they had the bomb squad come in to inspect the aircraft. Do you know what my children are doing on Thursday? And you're telling me this now? Why do you think I said I knew this was a story you would not cruel. You are going to owe me a six-step. I don't think so. Yes. That's no. A, that's an apology, by the way, no. for yeah, those who don't exactly. know. Let me finish the story. Not a, not a dance. Go ahead. <laughs> the bomb squad came on. They inspected the plane top to bottom. Yeah. They went into the bathroom where the suspicious object had been reported, and they found, get ready, mm-hmm. an adult diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was it uh, Did they make used black or? adult diapers? I, I don't know I mean, I what made they're... someone think this could possibly be an explosive. I don't think I don't know what makes this suspicious or hmm. uh suspicious in any way. I mean, I I'm sure that people could lay a bomb in an adult diaper yeah. of sorts. Well, yeah. <laughs> yep. But for whatever reason, somebody went into the bathroom of this plane and thought an saw adult an diaper. adult diaper wow, and, and thought, oh, my gosh, it's a bomb. And the plane's in the air. They turned a plane around, <laughs> evacuated oh. 144 people, and got the bomb squad involved because somebody had disposed mm. of an adult diaper mm. in the bathroom of this particular plane. Mm. Goodness. Now, well, I don't want to hear any more. I'm not going to go into it right now because I'm a nervous mama, but... My my children, right. both of my daughters are taking a long flight on right. Thursday evening across the pond. And I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll be fine. And I'll Just make sure up. they're not wearing adult diapers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mama's going to need one. How's the flight? <laughs> well, that depends. Sardoodledom is a noun, and it means mechanically contrived plot structure and stereotyped or unrealistic characterization in drama. Staginess, melodrama. It's actually the blend of two words. The last name of Victorien Sardou, a 1908 French playwright, and it was George Bernard Shaw who criticized him for the staginess of his plays, contrived, unrealistic features and plot and all that kind of stuff. It's the opposite of our ideal on this show. It's the opposite of that genuine reaction of 11-year-old Kenny who had to spell this word, S-A-R-D-O-O-D-L-E-D-O-M, in the 2007 National Scripts, uh, National Spelling Bee, as he cracked up by just hearing the word. But in our last segment, Dave Cruz may have engaged in a bit of sardoodledom. It was fun. It can be. That's the big word of the day today, sardoodledom. <laughs> <laughs> 